Welcome back to another bonus episode. We're excited today to welcome Kara Ware. Kara is a national board and functional medicine health coach and has spent nearly two decades healing her son of the underlying causes creating the symptoms commonly referred to as autism. She didn't accept the limiting belief there was nothing she could do for her son. Her son looked like he was in unbearable pain and she knew there must be something she could do to help him feel better and therefore behave better. In times of dial-up internet and flip phones that didn't text, let alone take photos and videos, she was divinely guided to learn about the sources of inflammation that were causing his pain and intolerable and terrifying autistic behaviors and symptoms. Kara discovered there were even more underlying conditions than leaky gut, vitamin and mineral depletion, microbial overload, hormone and immune dysregulation, heavy metal and mold toxicity, and Lyme disease. She found her thoughts, which created her words, then her actions, which created her habits, which created an atmosphere of healing, ultimately allowing Kara to accomplish what many still say is impossible. When her perspective changed and her anger turned to embrace what this journey had come to teach, the healing began. She learned her son came to teach her this shift from fear to love and how to support her family to thrive in today's environment. Welcome, Kara. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Denise, thank you. You're thank welcome. You so so you, you have this beautiful, beautiful background. And I know that, um, where would you like to start out? Because there's so much I'd love to cover today. There is so much to talk about, Denise. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Let's, uh, let's kind of start just a little bit about... Um, the last 20 years, really, of how I came to understand how to guide more families, right, through this journey of healing the underlying causes creating autism symptoms. That sounds perfect. So do you start with, you know, where your story steps off or how this relates to other families and folks? Because it's, it's an interesting story, and I think it's going to help a lot of people who may be either in a similar place or have a connection with someone who may be struggling with similar circumstances. Yeah, it's an epidemic right now, right? You know, I think it's one in 34 kids are diagnosed and it's being projected by the year 2025 that one in two will be oh. diagnosed. Oh my goodness. Um, and, you know, when autism came into my home in 2006, I had never heard of the word. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. It, uh, I never knew anyone that had autism. And, uh, you know, I was on dial up internet at the time. It's not like there were, it, there weren't books, there weren't information, nobody knew anything. And um, when autism arrived in my house, when my son was 14 months old, there was a triggering moment um, where I brought him home from a well child checkup and uh, he had received an inoculation and the screaming had or the crying, you know, just normal crying, had turned to screaming that night. And the screaming had turned into headbanging, uh, biting. Um, he stopped sleeping. He started having frothy diarrhea. It was like this light switch turned off. And my once healthy developing toddler um, was now more of an unruly wild animal, to be quite honest. It was uh, terrifying, the change in him. Right. Um, 
And I received the message, oh, you know, it looks like he's regressed into autism. And I said, what's autism? <laughs> uh, you know, it's a neurobehavioral disorder, mental disorder, and there's nothing you can do but to uh, love him and try and keep him safe. And you can place him in behavioral therapy and speech therapy. Well, when I looked at my son, when he was screaming and biting me, he would like latch onto my arm and not uh, let go. And I'd have to unhinge his jaw like a, like a wild animal to get him to unleash his bite. Um, I, at first I was treating it as a behavior issue because <laughs> that's what they told me. Right. Um, and then when I really started to tune into him, I saw he was, he looked like he was in pain. And when I stopped believing it was a behavioral issue and understanding and really looking at him and thinking of it from a new lens, seeing it from a new lens of that he was in pain. I was like, my God, what is, what is causing so much pain? And it was really that question. Uh, one day I was out in outside on our 15 acres. We lived on 15 acres. And by this time, when autism comes into the home, everything kind of blows up. It's like a bomb <laughs> detonates and your life as you knew it prior, nothing is the same. And uh, it places an ungodly amount of strain on everyone in the home. And um, I was outside. Uh, my, I had two boys at the time. My youngest was just a, an infant. Uh, he was um, not even a year old just yet. And I was outside having a temper tantrum because autism really pushes you to places of, of emotional breakdowns. It's um, just so big. And, and it can, and it can be just, it can take over everything, as I mentioned. And as I was screaming on my belly, uh, kicking my hands and my feet, I heard, um, I heard spirit talk to me for the very first time in my life, like audibly here, I heard it. And I heard, uh, Kara and I froze because I'm on 15 acres. No one has come around to see us at all. You know, we've stopped being invited out and had, didn't have social life because we couldn't, you know, nobody wanted to be around my son whose behaviors were impulsive and aggressive. And we'd stopped going out in public and no one, you know, no one, uh, we didn't see a lot of people in those early years. And I heard it again, Kara, you wanted a child, but you didn't, you don't like what you got. That's a huge message. And I said, I don't know what to do with this. Do you feel that was a stepping off point to where you were led? Do you feel you were led by spirit into finding these other options and modalities for your son? Absolutely. You know, I feel like, um, when you have no idea what to do, that's when spirit can actually, actually step in, right, and guide you. And uh, and I started receiving an impulse. So I, I stood up and I was just like, I have no idea what to do. And it was about um, it was about nap time was about over, and I needed to go in and check on him. And so I walked in. I had this kind of um, inspired inspiration to pick up a book that was on my shelf that I received while I was in yoga training, yoga certification training. And then the book was called How to Reverse and Heal Childhood Chronic Epidemics. And uh, at that point, I there was just this one little paragraph about cranial restructuring, call this number. And I had no idea what that was, but I felt inspired. I felt um, I, I felt like, okay, let's just start here. <laughs> and uh, and that's how this whole adventure over the last 20 years, I use adventure, because um, there have been 
good times and bad times. Uh, but one of the things that you you've brought up is uh, the importance of um, when we've chatted before about a family care plan and that this was something you were doing with him, not to him. And I think that's a really important factor for people who are listening, who may be looking for answers or looking for direction. Could you chat about that a little bit, please? Yeah, thanks. So when I picked up this book and I had this and I called the number, it was like a scavenger hunt. This woman listened to my story and then she said she's going to go on a limb. She told me to call this person and then this person told me about this doctor. Um, and we saw our, our very first functional medicine-based doctor in 2006, in March 2006, just a, a couple, right, right around his third birthday. And what I learned was that indeed there are a lot of underlying medical conditions that are resulting, that are creating my son's body to express these terrifying behaviors and tantrums associated with autism. And not all kids have the same kind of like outlandish <laughs> uh, behavior. Some are real quiet and, um, you know, low tone and, and don't talk. And so all kids present differently. It's really important to understand. But there are commonalities with what's derailing their development, what's causing them to kind of be locked into their own world. And when we traveled to meet with that first functional medicine-based provider in 2006, like I said, I didn't even uh, know what autism was. Uh, she started teaching me about sources of inflammation. And there are five main sources of inflammation. That those are dietary, um, inflammatory foods, processed foods, chemicals. Uh, it's also stress and trauma, hidden sources of toxicity, which are gut pathogens, toxicity from our air, food, and our water, and financial insecurity. And well, we had all, all of those. <laughs> we kind of checked the box of all of them. We usually all do. We usually all have those initiators of illness. And as I started learning about what was burdening his body, I started, you know, of course, asking, well, where is he getting all this? He's only like three, right? Where is he getting these levels of toxicity and, and um, gut pathogens? And why is his body broken down? And why is he so sick? And I started learning, you know, these kids are just the canaries in the coal mine. They're clearly telling us that our environment is too toxic to thrive. And when I started thinking about, well, what's his environment? His environment is me. I create his day-to-day -day existence. And if he has all of this, then what about my health? Why am, you know, where am I getting all of all of these toxicity? And why why am I struggling so much? Because, you know, growing up, I had a lot of um, attention and behavioral issues. When autism comes in the home, it's not an isolated event. It's not like these children have it. Nobody else in the family has any, you know, kind of um, symptom on the on the spectrum, right? A spectrum of um, severity to not as severe. And so what I learned and what providers told me and one, one of my biggest advice is best advice for those listening is to create a family care plan. This is something that we do with our children. Like you said, Denise, not something we're doing to them. And I see after 10 years of working with more families to guide themselves through this path of transformation and healing their families, um, is that when everybody adopts their required nutrition and lifestyle to remove sources of everyday inflammation, that's the foundation, that's called foundation medicine. We must do that first is to remove layers of daily inf inflammation. 
by the foods we eat, our environment, our home, how we talk to one another, you know, the just everyday chemicals, hydration, movement, all these uh, lifestyle factors. And when we do this something, when we do it with our with our children, then everybody starts to heal. And it, it becomes more about the family's well-being because the children are so sensitive. They know they're causing a disruption. They're really smart. They know exactly what's going on. They just can't communicate. But they, I believe they understand us better than, than we understand them. And so I encourage all families to, to get on board rather than making special you know, food for the children, <laughs> um, but not the entire family. Because as I mentioned earlier, autism is going to place a strain on everyone. And it's going to really place a strain on parents. And it's going to drive you to the brink of breakdowns. And we need to support our own health to be resilient uh, for this long journey of, of healing. So with my background in special education and group homes and institutions and all kinds of different things along the path, as an empath, as a sensitive, when someone is in a full tantrum mode, the impact that it has on your own well-being. So one of the things you had mentioned was how you learn to use tantrums to your own benefit. And, and I think that would be very helpful as well to chat about for a moment. Well, with your history, I'm sure you've seen a lot of tantrums. And in the moment, it's uh, terrifying. It can be terrifying. Uh, some of Zachary's tantrums looked like seizures, you know, where he just couldn't control himself. And it just ramped up to such a, it escalated to such a terrifying degree. And instead of trying to manage his tantrums, I, I really started clearing the space around him and started allowing him because in my, what I was beginning to understand was he was communicating to me the amount of pain he was in. And when I stopped trying to silence him or manage him or um, even teach him in the moment, because it's not possible, right? Um, I started telling him, hey, this is not who you are. This is the autism. This is the autism behaviors. And this is what we're healing. And this is why we're eating these foods. Because he was really mad at me. I took away all the fresh baked bread and butter and, you know, homemade yogurt. And he loved those food, those high inflammatory foods that he was actually addicted to. You know, when, when our guts and our bodies are compromised, our gut health and our bodies are compromised, you know, uh, these high allergen foods cross the blood brain barrier and they actually attach to opioid receptors. And there's a literal addiction. <laughs> and so I would use these tantrums to my benefit to say, this isn't who you are. You're smart and you're funny and you're kind. You're just not feeling well. You're just in, you're in a lot of pain and we know what's going on and we're getting this. And, and I would whisper, I would whisper. And that's another tip um, to parents is I recognized, especially when I got frustrated, I'd start, you know, my voice would want to raise, but actually it's just real quiet is what gets through to these kids. And he would, he would hear me even in those fits. He would st I'd start to connect with him and uh, by allowing him where he was at, joining him and then bringing him to know that I'm, I'm with him. We've got this. This is why we're doing this. And we're doing it for all of us because later it's important to remember that they can understand what we're saying. And so even though they can't say it back or they might not look like they're paying attention. And so it's really important to speak those words of healing and encouragement and love over our children in our homes. So that's the focus, not the fear of autism, right? Not the fear of the terrifying tantrum that is just going to choke the life out of all of us. It was loving him in those moments and reminding him, hey, this is what we're healing. And this is why we're doing everything we're doing. And that 
in and of itself, I believe, um, established a partnership with my child where he started working with me much easier uh, as I as I practiced this, as I started using the, the tantrums to my benefit. That's hugely helpful. And I think it leads really nicely into the importance of having a comprehensive care plan. You can't be in isolation with this. You can't be uh, trying to do it all by yourself, but it's also how do I, you know, how do, what does this even look like to have something? Yes. With, with diet, with exercise, with balance, with, and you, you made an incredibly important point for caregivers, for parents, for teachers, for practitioners who may be working with, um, someone who is dysregulated with their behaviors is the importance of keeping your own peace and calm in your voice, in your tone, in your inflection. And you, you as, as much as you may be imploding on the inside, when you can hold that space for someone by keeping an even voice tone, it makes the world of difference. Uh, so what, what does a comprehensive care plan truly entail? Yeah. So, you know, spirit really led me in a time where there was no information. As I look back, it's miraculous um, of how the interventions came at the right time when we needed it to set the stage for more advanced medical interventions. And so the very first thing that we learned was to remove sources of everyday inflammation through nutrition, through lifestyle, through removing chemicals, you know, what you cook with, getting rid of all the plastics and because they have neuroendocrine disruptors, you know, full of them that leach into our food, especially as the plastic breaks down, for example. Um, and all of this was the foundational medicine. And then uh, uh, several years later, we started having doctors come into our world through divine intervention, through the scavenger hunt I was, that then we got into more advanced medical interventions like detoxing or Lyme disease or other root causes that are creating his symptoms. But when I say, um, you know, comprehensive care plan, it's really about having the understanding of intelligently layering these interventions in a sequence that allows the child's constitution to strengthen. And we're not asking for any aggressive um, uh, interventions that they're just not prepared for just yet right? Because they're so sensitive. And in today's time, families have so much information and it's almost like a checklist and they're going through as much as they can, as quickly as they can, because they just want it to be over with. And honestly, it just doesn't work that way. Healing takes time and actually less is more, especially with our sensitive children. And so I encourage you, if you, um, you know, are already in this or you're seeking this out is to really, my motto is always, I need to master the basics. I need to set that foundation and slowly layer on more advanced medical interventions with the understanding that no one thing is going to heal my child. It's a, it's all these different interventions working in combination. And since there's so much you can do now that's understood, it is really important to have some guided learning because as you said, Denise, how do you bring all this big picture together when you're just trying to survive the day to day because you have other children and you're working and you feel exhausted. And so it is really important to have someone who, who knows the way to help you create a comprehensive care plan um, that is co continuously evolving, right? But layering interventions to work in an intelligent sequence so that we don't cause a financial crisis for one, um, because a lot of a lot of what heals the underlying 
causes is out of insurance, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, it's not covered by insurance. So we want to prevent a financial crisis and a healing crisis, right? When we try to do too much too soon, that just uh, the body can't sustain that amount of change. Plus it also, from the way you're describing it, feels like it, if you do layer, if you do make it sequential, it allows one one aspect to get a really solid foundation, your building blocks, you're, you're adding on to. So it becomes, as the word suggests, a comprehensive plan, not just a ping pong game of, or, or a pinball game of we're going to do a little of this, a little of this, a little of this. It's building that foundation. It's almost uh, like learning the, the basics of phonics or sight word before you learn to read. You're, you're giving these children and these families because, and I'm sure a lot of the, the choices that you've made for your son during this time of different dietary or, you know, changing some of the environmental impacts, they were beneficial to your other son and to your entire family as well. Yeah. And if you think about, and the environment is actually what determines our health. It's about how the environment is interacting with our unique genetic code. And so it goes back, remember when you introduced me about creating an atmosphere of healing. And if the parents are trying to do too many changes that are stressful, causing more inflammation, more stress in the home, then the home atmosphere isn't conducive to healing. And so, like you said, these building blocks to place priority on the building blocks and, and to go slow and change happens incrementally. Yeah. Thank you for, for really pointing out um, to place priority on building blocks and basics, because actually if you support the body to do what it's designed to do and give it the, you know, the nutrients and remove what's harming it, the body's highly intelligent. It's going to start mobilizing and, and excreting those toxins, you know, if we support it to do what it's designed right now, it's just burdened under layers of inflammation. That's what I used to tell my son is you're just covered. You're covered. We're uncovering you. We're uncovering you from layers of inflammation so you can feel better. And when you feel better, you have way more fun. <laughs> oh, that's, that's nice. That's really nice. Uh, and it empowers your son as well. It's, it's having him know that he has some control over the situation, even if it may not feel that way all the time, which is a beautiful gift. Yeah, we're teaching them, right? This is a lifelong thing. You know, people hear the term recovering their children and they start trying to do as much as they can, as soon as they can, as quickly as they can and cause more stress. And like I mentioned earlier, harm, um, because you want to get it over with. It's it's terrifying, but it never gets over, to be honest. Even Zachary today, 17 years later into our journey, he's doing amazing, but he has, still has to guard his health. He still has to watch what he eats and takes his supplements and, and live in an environment that's conducive to healing, that allows his nervous system to be relaxed. And we're teaching them how to uh, participate in their health care. And that's really a crux, right, is that we're all participants in creating an atmosphere of healing. Oh, that's beautiful. So you briefly touched on, uh, you know, the importance of functional finances as far as your mindset, your time and money. And, and you're right, this isn't covered by insurance. But a lot of the things that you're talking about outside of the, the actual medical treatments or alternative treatments are things that you can implement in your home. So could you talk about the functional finances, please? <laughs> 
Yeah, Denise, that thanks. You know, in 2013, when I started working with families, I coined that term functional finances, mindset, time, and money. These are our currencies of creation and might that we have been given, I feel like, in this human, in this human experience. And so the mindset is is focusing more on loving our children rather than trying to manage or silence or, you know, address the behaviors. And um and our mindset of looking, well, what can I do? What can I do right now? What's just one thing I can do to positively affect our environment? So it is more conducive to healing. And you're going to find all these different things that you can do. So I believe that mindset is a currency of creation, of creating, and then directing our time. So your time is going to, is in high demand. And that is a huge source of stress. And so we really need to look at, well, where are we putting our time and how can we reallocate reallocate it? Is it is it reasonable to have all of these therapies where I take my children and drop them off and I'm getting fast food to uh, you know, meet all of the therapies plus all my other children's sports and then I'm never home cooking? <laughs> you know, So we really need to reevaluate where's our time going and place priority so we can be at home because actually 80% of the healing is in our kitchens. It's in, in the food that we're choosing to eat. You know, food is information. It's either telling us to heal and give our body the nutrients and the building blocks to support it to work optimally and, and, and function, restore function, or it's telling us to be more inflamed. And our children are incredibly picky eaters, but we work with families on that. There's so many ways to, to work with that, that that's truly not a barrier to change. I just want to uh, encourage families that it's okay if your children are picky. Um, they that that can change, trust me. Um, but and then money, right? A lot of patients get into functional medicine, biomedical uh, insurance doesn't cover these services right now. The standard of care is is pharmaceuticals, behavioral therapy, speech therapy, PT, and OT, which in and of themselves can be a part of a comprehensive care plan. Um, but the the interventions that are really getting to the core clinical imbalances that are resulting in the symptoms of disease are not covered by insurance because they've been saying that these are experimental or it's not evidence-based or this is wacko science. You know, you hear a lot of things, but I can tell you over the last two decades, there's been a heck of a lot of science published validating um, these sources of inflammation and how it's burdening the body and resulting in symptoms of all kinds of diagnosis that we're hearing, that we're seeing today. And so families get into this and then quickly feel like there's no way I can continue affording all this. And, and they give up, you know, they give up the more expensive foods or, or, you know, seeing the doctors. And so to, to really be successful, there's no way that I could have sustained almost two decades of out of pocket insurances, unless I got a hold of understanding where am I directing my finances? Where am I directing my time? And that really took me to taking a financial course through Dave Ramsey, really simple um, you know, thing that we can do is to understand where is our money going and how do we deliberately direct it? So that is, a, in my opinion, part of the building blocks that you mentioned earlier to be able to sustain this journey of healing the underlying sources of inflammation. So um, mindset, time, and money, those are our currencies to create. That's incredible. And it's something even in these times, because I'm sure a lot of people are saying, well, I can't afford it, or I don't have the time, I don't have the energy. And you, you just made a, an incredibly valid point that sometimes you may have to play the shell game a little bit and re redesign and restructure some things. 
But once you get on the other side of that, it can be a really viable and useful. It can, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Even any little things that you're doing are going to help immensely. Yeah. It's actually the little things that set the stage for the larger things to, um, to work. And when you start reallocating your money, you'll find that you actually do have the cash to put into the larger interventions, right. And working with the doctors. Um, and then your return of investment will, will yield even more, um, more fruit because you've done it in an intelligent sequence, right. Though you're the, the child's ready for those more advanced medical interventions. Um, right. And, and since you started this journey with your son, when he was three, so that was probably, I know early intervention is incredibly important. And this is in many ways, another form of early intervention in rather than just dropping your child off and saying, okay, I'll pick you up in 20 minutes. You're saying this is a more integrated familial approach to healing. And, and there's a longevity to this. Someone doesn't age out of what you're talking about. How did that work with partnering the medical and educational teams? Yeah, I like how you said the familiar approach, because when we think of what tips us into disease, we think of our environment interacting with our genetic code. And as I said earlier, when autism comes in the home, it's not this isolated event. When you start looking back through your ancestral lineage, you start seeing patterns <laughs> of um, where we're vul- where certain families are vulnerable of tipping into disease symptoms when there's too much inflammation, right? When there's stress and trauma and financial uncertainty and dietary and hidden hidden pathogens and toxicity, that's when we tip into disease. And so when we take it as a familiar approach, right, we're actually healing ancestral wounds. I mean, this is much bigger than autism, to be quite honest. And when we start healing ourselves and I learned that that was my responsibility. My responsibility was to take a look at my ancestral healing and the patterns of disease that I had and start to heal myself. I took everything Zachary was teaching me and then used it to teach my children back. And, uh, I saw, I see my children as my teachers and, um, and I see my doctors as my teachers, you know, I, in 10 years of the clinical setting, sometimes I see families come in and they've read about all these advanced medical interventions and they're kind of pushing the doctor. Like they want these, the, they want these sexy interventions that they think is going to help resolve everything, um, without doing the preliminary work we've been discussing so much today. And so I want to encourage families to trust your doctors, let them be the doctors. I do don't have a medical degree. I had to learn complex biological systems and kind of bring it down to a level that I can conceptually understand so I could have a conversation with the doctors. And a lot of times doctors would say something that I didn't understand. And I had the head of conference say, I don't understand that yet. And actually, I'm not even really comfortable. I don't even feel like I'm there yet. And, and, um, you know, what can we do that's priority? I had to, I had to, my responsibility was to take their guidance, but make sure that it was a match to my current ability that I felt like I could go home and implement it. And if I didn't feel like I could go home and implement it, then I asked them, like, I need to break this down into smaller chunks because I am really overwhelmed. And so I encourage parents to have that confidence to work with your medical providers, allow them to be the experts in medicine. We don't have to, as parents, yes, we need to do our research. Yes, we need to understand these core clinical imbalances. 
but we also need to remember not to push the doctors is what I'm trying to say. Let them help us time medical intervention safely. And just be sure that when you walk out the door, you feel like, yes, I can do this. That's the feeling we need to feel. If it's not, then the doctor needs to know so that you guys are on the same page. And then to keep your follow-ups, because this is an ever-evolving journey. And we need to constantly update their regimens as children start to feel better and their biochemistry changes. And so actually, we're trying in functional medicine practice, we want to guide you to do it safely in an intelligent sequence to build on these building blocks. And so that you actually don't invest, you know, you actually are saving time and money because you're doing it correctly. And you're partnering with your medical provider. So, um, yeah, thank you. That's a key message I'd like to share with families who are coming along this path with us. That's beautiful information about the medical aspect. How about the educational component going into education or how to work with a team? Because some of the things you're mentioning may not, for both medical and educational, may not be familiar to some of the people you're going to interact with. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up, especially since you were on the education team, right? <laughs> you saw you saw it from the other side of the table. So I always saw that our education team as part of Zachary's collaborative care team. And nobody in the early 2000s knew anything what I was doing. And so it could cause people to really pause and kind of look at me oddly, to be honest. And um I just had to ask for their support that this is what I believed in. I believed in removing inflammation. This is what our family's doing. How can we work together? You know, how can we work together to give him the supplements and to make sure he has these cupcakes for the school party? And now, you know, it's a lot easier because teachers are more aware of these terms that we're talking about, right? Healing the underlying root causes, not everybody, but it's getting to be a common understanding. Like just look in the grocery store checkout with all the anti-inflammatory diets on the front of the magazine, for example. Um, but really communicating with your school system that this is this is the path you're choosing is to heal what's causing his symptoms so he feels better so that he can learn more easily and participate and to take advantage of all these beautiful resources that educators have available. Um, and uh, just to remember that they're not, you know, educators aren't there to make it all better, right? Just like the doctors aren't. It's up to us to work as a team with these um, individuals who are part of our comprehensive care team. Right. And the only aspect that I can add to that from my prior experiences is making sure that you advocate because as a parent, as a caretaker, you're going to know your child more closely and more you're going to know in a way that someone who sees them in a classroom or even in a medical office may not. So I think it's really, really important to advocate if if you're feeling strongly we need to implement these changes or no, I don't want this to happen. This is another I, personal opinion, I think another aspect of all of this work that Kara is so eloquently sharing with us today. And you also uh, have this beautiful, beautiful connection with uh, Hope for Healing. Could you chat about that, about how you're helping to advance care for families living with autism? Thank you. You know, so families are still receiving that same treatment plan that I was given 17 years ago. 
So prepare for autism hasn't advanced in almost 20 years uh, that are covered by insurance, right? Families are still receiving pharmaceuticals, behavior therapy, speech therapy, PT, OT. In 2013, I had opened up a, a multidisciplinary autism recovery clinic because I wanted to give a clinic for parents so they didn't have to try to piecemeal this together, you know, of how agonizing that is. Not knowing what to do is so agonizing. And that was the darkness I was in. And um, and so 10 years later, um, I'm actually partnering with a pediatrician, Dr. Paula Krupstadt, and her practice, Hope for Healing, located in Shenandoah and Houston, Texas. Um, and together for the past year, we've combined our expertise to create, to restructure her practice, her pediatric practice, uh, to better take families through this intelligent sequence. Since we are guides and we understand how to do this and we understand how to do this safely and correctly to save families time and money. And so we've designed a program that takes families through lifestyle and then understand, you know, which is the environment, which is the Lar our health is largely determined on our, our environment. So we start there and then understanding the genetic code, our unique vulnerabilities, which makes us unique. Um, and, and it guides targeted nutrition. Like what nutrition do we need, particularly in times of increased stress and trauma and illness to help our bodies to have the fuel, the nutrients to be more resilient and, and to kick in that innate healing response and then the medical interventions. And so I am so pleased. Like I finally, <laughs> like 10 years later, am actually accomplishing what I set out to do for more families to have a pediatric practice. And so the combining of our two skill sets and her beautiful collaborative care team. I'm so pleased to join them in January um, at their practice. And what's nice too, the way we designed it is that doctors have to see are licensed by states. And so in order to be a, a patient of a certain provider, you have to travel to that state to, um, to initiate a patient provider partnership. Um, but we can open up the doors to hope for healing through lifestyle and genetics because we're not uh, confined through state medical licenses. So we can work with more people and then plan retreats to bring everyone to Texas for group um, medical visits and to establish the patient provider partnership, right? To establish being a patient um, at hope for healing. And so that is, you had said earlier about how you can't do this by yourself. We need community. Uh, autism can be incredibly isolating. Disease can be incredibly isolating. You know, the pandemic has been even more isolating. We are in need of community. And that's exactly at Hope for Healing um, what we've created. And I couldn't be more pleased to turn around and help more families on their path of this transformation. And that is that one of the benefits is making this more of a global because it isn't isolated to a specific state or country or location. The other aspect, and as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, this was so divinely orchestrated because a lot of people will focus on their three to seven year old, their children in elementary school. This is a lifelong process, but also now you have you can go into a pediatric office and see, you know, all of the transitional stages that your child went through, that you're going, if someone comes in with a five-year-old or a 15-year-old, 
you're going to have a base of knowledge and connection with that child and with that parent, which I think is incredibly paramount in this, that it does continue to grow and evolve. And everyone wants to feel like they have a purpose, that they have a quality of life. And that's what all of this conversation feels that it's leading to, you know, improving the quality of life for the individual, but also for the families, which is big work. So thank you. That's right. You know, like we said earlier, it's ancestral, it's familiar approach. <laughs> you know, it's right. ancestral healing. I think that people would love to know on the other end of things, you're in this beautiful practice, you're doing all these things. How is your son doing now? Thank you for asking. You know, it's been 17 years. Zachary is experiencing a level of healing that no one could ever have conceptualized. You know, when we were in the thick of it in the early years, I never asked anyone, what do you think you I can expect? I didn't want to hear anyone's limiting beliefs. I just believe that if I did all that I could with love and an atmosphere of healing and um, that all the small steps over time would lead to big change. And so I placed my priority on who we were becoming in the process rather than hyper-focusing on what I thought I was trying to gain. Um, because a lot, I see a lot of families have this idea of recovery in their mind and they think they're going to get to recovery and then it's going to be over with. And that's very outcome-based, okay, which can create a lot of anxiety and depression when you don't get to that outcome as soon as you want to, or the outcome doesn't look like the way you want it to. And so I have learned through this journey, Zachary taught me to, yes, I have an, a vision of what I'd like to feel, you know, I wanted to be free again. <laughs> um, but to not focus on what I thought I wanted, because our healing, his healing has surpassed anything I would have ever even known to pray for or ask for. And, and it's been just through the process of, of each moment accumulating into big change. And so I encourage families to really pay attention to each moment and uh, your outcome might really astonish you. And so today as a 20, he's turning 20 in March. Um, he is an independent student. He's going to community college. He's learning time management. I mean, there's a lot of handholding I still have to do. You know, he, his com comprehension is still delayed. We walk a fine line of um, him flourishing and being independent, but yet needing more handholding than most people are, you know, understand. And so they aren't patient with him out in the world, which is really a tough place for him because he's trying and his comprehension and he's a his ability is there, but it sometimes is, it takes him longer you know, with more, he needs more repetition. And so he kind of straddles both worlds to be quite honest. And, um, but the thing that I want to impart is that he remembers more than I ever knew he would, would, cause he always looked like he was in a far off distance galaxy and he knows everything I taught him. And he's actually now passionate about starting to work with kids and parents. <laughs> about how to guard his health because he knows, you know, he knows when he has too many, uh, if he eats too much of the inflammatory foods that he's not going to feel well and his, his function will be decreased and he's going to struggle even more. Life will feel even harder. So Zachary's doing fantastic, but he has to work at it. So do I, you know, health is not something in today's time. Health is, is something we have to really be deliberate about. It's not easy in today's environment for optimal well-being, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. No, but I, I think it's important for parents who are overwhelmed and trying to figure out what first step to take, that there is a light, there is a, there is a, 
It doesn't have to be the prognosis or outcome that people are stuck in. And you've you've shared that beautifully, beautifully. And I think for all of us, finding that fine line is kind of a struggle right now. So um, that's wonderful. And it makes it, so again, that sequential pattern, picture, story, journey that your son has been on has also given you the resources you need to help empower other people that are maybe they're in a place where you've already been. Yeah. And remember those currencies, mindset, time, and money. You know, that's what Zachary taught me. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. So where can people reach out or find more information? Yeah, thank you. So you can uh, go get to the root with a numerical two, get to the root.com. Um, that takes you to Hope for Healing's website. Um, I'm not yet on the website as of this uh, recording. I'm joining in January for our first um, group coaching, lifestyle group coaching series. Uh, to take families through the sequence. Um, but you can find out more information about Dr. Paula Krupstadt and her collaborative care team at gettotheroot.com. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on with us today. I think this is a beautiful, beautiful episode and is going to bring some solace and comfort and hope to so many people that may be listening. So thank you very, very much. Thanks, Denise. You know, it's an exciting time. There's so much we can do to reverse once thought dead end diagnosis of all kinds. Oh, love, love, love that. And for anyone listening, please remember you have something to, to share. And, you know, we've labeled this little, these bonus episodes, share your light, because I do truly in my heart believe that's the answer to the direction of bring us all together in unity and peace and healing. So take care. Thank you. Thank you.